Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. Another week. Another week. Today, we're recapping hashtag UFC Fight Island 4. A big a night of uh, quite a bit was revealed to us, yes. especially about win women's bantamweight. Yes, it was a big night for that division and, well, really kind of went the complete opposite of how I predicted. So, <laughs> And exactly how I did. Yes. So, just to break down the results of last night's fights, we started with our uh, our boy Dusko Todorovic. He smash Daquan <laughs> Townsend via TKO, ground and pound, uh, three minutes and 15 seconds into the second round. Uh, Bantamweight action following that. We had two young guys, Kyler Phillips, who was 1-0 in the UFC, getting a win over Cameron Elsay, who was making his debut via TKO, punches and elbows. 44 seconds into the second round. Then, Jermaine Durandamy, former title challenger, former featherweight title holder, inaugural women's featherweight champion. A big win here for her with her first submission in her career over Juliana Pena via guillotine in the third round. That was the surprise of the evening. Yeah, I would agree. Our co-main event, big, big boys at heavyweight, this fight didn't go how we thought it would. Not at all. Absolutely snooze fest. Carlos boy, Felipe, getting a unanimous decision win over Jorgon De Castro. And our main event. Wow. The preacher's daughter, Holly Holm, showing that she's still got it. The performance of the evening. Yep. And she gets a unanimous decision win over Irene Aldana. It wasn't even close. No. But we'll get more into that a little bit later. But we're going to start with the news. That news. Uh, mostly flyweight. All flyweight news this week. And all UFC 255. Yep. <laughs> so it's pretty limited uh, time frame here and weight <laughs> weight division, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going to start with a bit of bad news. Uh, Our boy. The Ohio boy. Cody Garbrandt uh, is officially out of his uh, book title fight with Davis and Figueredo at flyweight. That was supposed to, as of now, headline UFC 255. Um, he is out. He tore his bicep. Yep. Very um, injury prone as of late for Cody, it seems. Yeah, he, he does seem to get injured a decent amount. He he apparently tried to ask the, the UFC brass to rebook it for the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and he said, understandably, the UFC decided to just go with the replacement fighter. The show goes on. And that replacement fighter is number five ranked, Alex Perez, I believe. Stud. So, so I'm curious, Dom, what are your thoughts about this? Obviously, it sucks that Cody's out, but give your thoughts, quick thoughts on Cody, but also Alex stepping in here to main event a card, it seems like. Sucks for Cody, of course, the guy we've met, the guy from Ohio, the champion at Bantamweight, yada, yada, yada. We love the guy. Hopefully he heals up soon. He didn't seem too um, discouraged, acted like it was a relatively easy injury. I don't think he has to undergo surgery or anything. Mm -hmm. So that's good. So not too long of a layoff. Uh, so hopefully he gets back in there. He said that they promised him the title shot once he's healthy. So it looks like he's going to be taking on the winner of Davison and Perez. It should be a good fight. Uh, Perez is on a streak right now, I think three or four in a row. He's won three in a row. And, of course, we know how dangerous Davison is. Yeah. So it'll be a fun fight to break down regardless when the time comes. Agreed. Uh, Alex Perez, I think, will 
He will be under. He'll be an underdog, obviously, considering oh, yeah. how Davison has looked in his last two, I guess, title fight performances yeah. with uh, Benavidez. Any flyweight will yeah. be. Uh, but Alex Perez is on a three-fight win streak. He uh, TKO'd Juicier Formiga via leg kicks at uh, UFC 250 back in June. Before that, getting an arm triangle choke submission over Jordan Espinosa, and a decision win before that against Mark De La Rosa. His last loss was actually to Joseph Benavidez, uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale back in 2018. Um, he lost via TKO in the first round there. He's 24 and five. I think he definitely presents a a uh, challenge for Davison here, but it'll definitely be an uphill battle for him as Davison is scary. Yes, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, as for Cody, I don't. I think one of the reasons Cody isn't too upset about this is because he was promised basically that he would get the title shot when he's recovered. Yeah. Uh, whether you like that or not, considering what our next bit of news is going to be, um, ultimately, I'm sure he'll be fine. This fight, whether it's him versus Davison or him versus Perez, sounds like it's going to happen. And if anything. It gives him a little bit more time to make sure his weight cut goes right. Because at the end of the day, he's doing an extra 10 pounds. He's never done that, Mm -hmm. or at least in the UFC. So, gets a little extra time. Yeah, agreed. But I'm still excited for that uh, fight with Perez. Yeah. If anything, it feels a little more warranted, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely like, well, it's I'm definitely considering like, it's an actual contender in like, the flyweight division. Like, obviously, we were big Cody guys, and we were excited for... Cody to go down and try to win a belt at flyweight, but we were also like reluctant to say it was a good call yeah. for him in his career. We thought it might not be the best move to make. Not that we are. Especially when Davison's the champion. Yeah, and um, it, it was an interesting, so in a way, like I'm kind of just happy that like it's an actual flyweight contender getting this shot here. Um, I know Cody being a bigger star, it's going to probably hurt the pay-per-view vibes and whatnot because you know you got Perez who's pretty much unknown to the casual fan while uh, Davison is somewhat known at this point due to that performance he had that scary performance against Benavidez but uh, he's still the flyweight champion and you know how under looked yeah. flyweights are but I'm still excited for that uh, it'll be nice to see two guys get a shot to main event a card that normally wouldn't yeah very true mm-hmm and that's going to lead us into our second bit of news because it's more flyweight action. And on, more UFC 255. On UFC 255. We it's have, flyweight night. I am stoked for this announcement. So basically, um, before Cody got the title shot, everybody was calling for number two ranked Brandon Moreno to get that shot. I still think that's what it should be. I, I'm not disagreeing. But he didn't get it. He wasn't originally booked for 255, so that's why Alex Perez is stepping in. He's actually number four ranked, Perez. Yeah. But Moreno does have a fight on that same card. He's going up against a surging prospect. Oh, yes. My boy, Brandon Raw Dog Royval. So, we just saw Royval a little over a week ago now. Yep. As he was the third fight of the main card on UFC 253. Fight of the night against Kai Kara France. Awesome fight. Roy Val looked great. Kind of came back from a little adversity. He he basically got dropped. Yeah, there was like a double knockdown in the first round. But overall, he looked incredible there. Another second round submission. Mm -hmm. So, Dom, what are kind of your thoughts on this fight announcement? 
I love this fight all across the board. Brandon versus Brandon. Brandon <laughs> squared. Yep. The only thing I would have flip-flopped, and again, I'm not like angry or upset at the decisions, because sure. again, I love that the flyweights are getting this pay-per-view stage to showcase themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think Brandon should have gotten... Brandon Moreno. I can't just say Brandon, I guess. Brandon Moreno should have got the title shot and stepped in for Cody, and Perez should have taken on Brandon Royval. Yeah, I but mean, I, either I way, see, like I'm not upset at the call. <clears throat> yeah, I see why you would say that. I mean, that that does seem more like obvious, but I'm fine with it how it is because yes. this fight's huge, especially for Royval. He's only fought twice in the UFC, and he's already number seven ranked at flyweight. And this, he's, this dude's resume after two fights, is and already, he's fighting the number one guy yeah, in a division. It's crazy. This is a guy that four months ago was working another a job. He wasn't a full time fighter. He was working a full time job. Yeah, and he cried. He he broke down after his debut win. He didn't think it was good enough to get the fifty k bonus. So he met that thought. He he was thinking he was gonna have to go into work the next day. Yeah. Uh, he ends up getting that bonus, is able to focus full-time. What a story. And now he's two for two. Yeah. Bonuses in both of his first two UFC fights. I, two second-round submissions. Two contenders, one of them being a former title challenger. Yep. The, the sky's the limit. I love, I love Brandon Royval. Big test for him. It's a big test. Yeah. Moreno, um, he's a young guy as well. He's 26 years old. The Assassin Baby. Yeah, the Assassin. I hate that nickname, but... <laughs> He's 17-5-1 and one in his career. Um, three of those losses came at the very beginning. He started out 3-3 three and three as a professional mixed martial artist. Um, and then he even had some uh, growing pains in the UFC. He wins his first two fights to Luis Mocha and Ryan Benoit, which are two very good guys in that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he... Oh, and he beats Dustin Ortiz, another just really tough guy, so... He comes in with three big wins, three guys that have made a name for themselves at flyweight over yep. the years. Then he gets brought back down, two back-to-back losses, Sergio Pettis, who's now a Bellator, uh, and Alexander Pantoja, another just yeah, he's stellar fifth, dude. Yeah. So. Uh, but he's able to bounce back from that. He gets a TKO, uh, actually goes and fights at LFA in June of 2019. Just a one-fight stint? Yep. Fights uh, Michael Perez, gets that TKO win, comes back to the UFC, has a draw with Askar Askarov, another guy who's number three ranked. That guy could also that guy could have gotten a title shot. It makes sense. And then he's had back to back unanimous decision wins over Kai Kara France and Juicy Air Formiga. Yep. Um, This is a tough matchup for Roy Val, but. He's the one really with everything to gain. He's riding from this. a high right now, man. Moreno's taking a ri- Moreno, excuse me, is taking a risk here. Yeah. Um, but it almost feels like a necessary risk because it doesn't seem like the UFC is quite bought in to giving him a title shot yet, yep. or else they probably would have done it already. So he gets a. This is a. I mean, really, Roy Val's really the, Roy Val's Roy the Val one with here. the hype here. Yeah. So. I always say, like, even though this is huge for Roy Val because it's a guy that's ranked number one and he's ranked number seven, so com- competitively he's the one with everything to gain here. Yeah. But on the flip end, the I think right now Roy Val is a more well-known name in the division than Moreno is. I mean, if Roy Val can come in and finish Moreno like his first two fights, the number two ranked guy, mm-hmm. this guy could have three UFC fights and get a title shot yeah. next. And on the flip like, end, Moreno. If he beats 
Roy Val, who even though is ranked then he number just seven, justifies his case. But it to me, it would feel like it would be the first time one of his wins has felt like substantial. Yeah. At least in the casual viewer mind, like the where. Well, you don't get many flyweights with hype behind him, so he gets to take on Royval, who has all this hype right now. Can I shut down the hype train and prove to everyone, hey, to all the There's people levels. that don't pay attention to our division or something, I've been here. Yeah. I've been fighting the best of the best for years. So There's I levels. like it. Yeah. Uh, now we'll likely, really, this whole card's stacking up to be flyweight night. I love it. I really love it. Yeah. So the co-main is Valentina defending the flyweight belt against Jennifer Maya. Yep. And we, I'm, I can only imagine that Moreno and Roy Val is on the main card. Yeah, I would assume. So it's just a matter of what the other two fights yeah, are. But, but they I, might as well just do all five of them. But I love that you know they they they're really trying to push flyweight here. They're getting the stage. It's awesome. Yeah, and hopefully these guys will come. I I have no doubt that especially these two are going to come out and bring it. Yeah, and I, that's the November 21st, so the week before or the week leading into Thanksgiving. So. Nice. Nice little yeah. treat before yeah. we feast. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. The news. <laughs> and now it's time to break down the card from Saturday. Oh, yes. So we're going to start here, Dom, with Dusko Todorovic. He's smash. He's... Uh, Daquan <laughs> Townsend, who is now 0-4 in the UFC. Very yeah. tough for him. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give your thoughts on the fight. I see you got the notepad out. The notepad is full. Yep. Um, first line of the whole night, Dusko has some heavy hands, heavy yeah, written man. in all caps. Yeah, nasty combinations in that dirty boxing. Yep, uh, clinch range. I had him up one zero uh, easily going into round two. Comes out. I wrote this man is for real. Uh, he had a huge takedown and easily, easily transitioned to the uh, full mount, and from there just landed the ground and pound until the ref had seen enough. Gets the TKO win, 3 minutes, 15 seconds into round 2. He's good. Dusko yeah. is very good, and he's undefeated for a reason, and we saw it last night. It's not like he was – just because Daquan was 0-3 in the UFC, he's a game fighter. Uh, he's tw- he was Been 20- there and done that. Super experienced. Well, now I believe he's 22-12. and 12. He was 22-11, and 11, I believe, before this yeah, fight. Yeah, he had over 30 fights, so, and Dusko had only That's a guy with – that's an experience yeah. advantage. He was an older guy. Yeah. Um, I know he was 0-3, but again, two of those losses were to also guys who are kind of on their rise right yep. now. So um, this was, I, I said this could have been a fight that, it was a dangerous one for Dusko in a way because he's the one with the hype yep. going in. And uh, Daquan could have totally, you know, he has three UFC fights. This was uh, Todorovic's debut, if you yep. don't count, the, the Contender, Contender Series. series. Uh, but he, pr- he proved it. Oh, yeah, he did. He Looked about as real as you could have looked. And the heavy hands comment is the one that stuck out to me. That was what I noticed when I was watching because this is the beauty of watching these fights without fans. Yes. Look, we love having fights with fans, obviously. Like the big fights. Yeah. The ones where, like, the fans add something to it. But I have found a lot of beauty in watching without fans. You can hear every single punch land, every breath. May I even say I prefer it. Some would say it's a uh, it's a hot take. I would agree, and it it's one that I think both of us agree on. Yeah, uh, so this is a good example of that because if you had a crowd who are going, you know, being loud, yeah, you may not understand how hard Todorovic is punching. I mean, you can see the damage he's doing to Townsend, but yeah. when there's no crowd and you can hear every shot, 
It hurt that me. Guy, that guy's got freaking cement in his hands, man. He looked that good was... defensively, like hardly got touched. Clean striking. And he showed off his wrestling. Like, this dude could be a threat. Yeah. Again, undefeated for a reason. Yeah, that's I don't a, care and who guess he's what? Fought. This is a middleweight guy. And this is the guy, by the way, um, before the UFC had beaten Michelle Pereira. Pereira. Yep. Yeah. What if we got a rematch? I don't know if he's. I don't know if I'm ready to give him top. I mean, I know Pereira's not a. He's not top fifteen. I don't think, but mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of in that bubble that that top twenty. I guess. Um, I don't know if Todorovic is quite. I mean, look, he he probably is ready, but it's kind of like the Hamzat uh, effect where it's like, okay, you got to at least give him a couple. Don't throw him to the wolves quite yet, you know. But in this case, I know he beat him before, but it could be fun. It's 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 been a, it's been a few years. But yeah, Dusko's got a few more fights still before he's in yeah. those rankings. But, but hey, man, he's got the this potential. is this is middleweight. Yeah, this is the division now. Hamzat's been taking all the hype yeah. down the line. Yeah, could yeah. be seeing Todorovic versus Chimaev. We could be uh, both young guys. This is this is what we love about doing like these kind of cards is because. The sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, that's the best part about these fight nights. People look at the cards and they're like, who? And now we're here you to know. tell you. We're here to tell you who. Yeah, okay. guess what? Now you know. Yeah. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Dana White. Yep. Uh, so after that, here's another another fight. Two guys that were pretty unknown. This was our predicted fight of the night. Yeah. Do you think it held up to that? Um, well, now that I'm... Well, I don't know if it was quite fight of the night. I'm not saying it was. A, it's not a bad fight. Yeah. I'm just saying I think uh, JDR and Pena might have took it. Yeah, that's what I was leaning toward. Yeah, but anyways, our second fight, bantamweight, Kyler Phillips, who was one and zero. Now he's two and zero. Yep. After defeating Cameron Elsay, who was making his UFC debut, TKO second round, 44 seconds in. So, uh, what were your thoughts on this? What do you have written down there? Uh, Kyler started insanely fast. And from there, just controlled the pace the entire first round. He had a big takedown and held a lot of top control. Landed really good ground and pound. It was like the last two and a half-ish minutes, I think, of the first round. So I had him up 1-0 going into the second. And then in the second round, he didn't waste no time. He really didn't. He, he grabbed a hold of the body lock, took down Cameron with ease, uh, probably within the first 20 to 30 seconds. Literally went straight into top mount. And very similar to how Dusko did. Starts landing the ground and pound, and the ref had seen enough. I mean, literally 44 seconds into round two. TKO is a guy that had been coming in. He was 10-4, and four, all 10 of his wins via finish, so a dangerous guy. Uh, Kyler Phillips is called the Matrix for a reason. He didn't really get hit much. The first round was exciting, but he ended up gaining control. Yeah. From there, the fight was his. Yeah, he, he looked composed. That was uh, my takeaway. He he definitely looked like he was ready for prime time. Yeah. Else looks like he still needs to develop. Get a little, little bit greener. More. Yeah, yeah, he's a little greener. Uh, I didn't see as much as I thought I would from Else, and I saw a lot more than I thought I would have saw from Phillips. Yeah. Obviously, I predicted Else to win the fight. Yep, same. But um, for Kyler, man, that was a that was a very impressive win. Yeah. Um, not quite the kind of win that I think is going to earn him like that top fifteen or whatever, but he's uh, he's quietly on the rise. Right, two and zero in the UFC now. Um, he's got the look. Uh, I saw some tweets calling him the real street Jesus and stuff. He looked like, that. like uh, 
Elias Theodora. That's yeah. what he looked like. Yeah, he did kind of look like him. But I, I heard people calling him the real street Jesus and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. So uh, that's going to help him. If you you know, if you've recognized the guy, you yeah. know, he's got that look that you kind of recognize. Uh, and it was a very impressive win. That nickname, The Matrix, and he really showed it. Yeah. It, <laughs> he, he looked good, man. Yeah. Just very composed. That that was kind of my my takeaway from his performance. Yep. Else, I think, will be a guy that will bounce back. I think so. I Tough think division. It's Yeah, Bantam. <laughs> Some would say the deepest division. Maybe not the best, because that's probably lightweight, but in terms of depth, all the way to 15, yeah, ooh, it's right I, up yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely in the top two, three. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but I think Elsay will bounce back from this. Hopefully, you know, I still an exciting guy. You know, mm-hmm. still ten wins, all Bring ten finishes. Yeah, so exactly. uh, he'll be he'll definitely learn from this and improve. We would say yes. Um, we'll see him again. Oh yeah. But for his for the fact, you know, first fight on the main, this is the first fight, and he was on the main card of a fight. Night, yeah, like, man. No shame in that. Right. Exactly. On ESPN. By the <laughs> on way, ESPN, not just ESPN yeah. Plus. So now. He'll be all right. Here's where we get into some of our big takeaways here. Yep. First women's bantamweight fight of the night. Great fight. Jermaine Durandamy doing kind of kind of what I thought she would do, but at the same time completely shocking yeah. me. With a third round guillotine submission. Put put her to put Juliana Pena yeah. to sleep. To sleep. Unconscious. You know, I, I just want to know. This was my fight of the night. Yeah, I agree. I will say that most competitive. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing is these first two fights not super competitive. I mean, Elsay had his moments, but it was very much Kyler's yeah. fight. Um, and you'll see in the next two, it was pretty much the yes. <laughs> the same. This was the one fight that felt competitive. Yeah. Um, but man, JDR, she's good, man. Her striking. Her striking's unreal. Yeah, so what uh, were your kind of notes on the fight? So just as the fight... Pro- basically, I, they, they probably already know this, but I take notes as the fight progresses. Yeah. You know, That's so why I some, like to get your thoughts first, because I don't do that, yeah. so mine might be a little more scattered, but mm. you're able to help me kind of... Like oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that, you know. Um, so GDR comes out automat- or automatically. Yeah, I'll say automatically. She controlled the striking and the range using her kicks. She's long, everybody knows. Yeah. If you've not seen GDR, she's, I think, 5'9", 5'10". She fought in featherweight. featherweight she's huge jam. for bantamweight, yeah. man. Um, so she landed some good shots. Juliana did secure a takedown with 30 to 40 seconds left um, in the round and had some clinch control, but overall GDR just had the better of the striking exchanges, so that one little takedown at that very end just wasn't enough. So I had it 1-0. Then Juliana brought the pressure as soon as round two started. Stalked down GDR, pressed her up against the cage, took her down, um, and had about three minutes of control time, laying a good ground and pound, tried to lock in a submission. Um, So she looked really good in round two. So therefore, it's it's 1-1. Going into round three. That's how I had it too. I don't think you could have it any other way, really. And really, the entire first half of the third round, was very close. Um, very hard to score who was winning that third round. Juliana was continuing to pressure forward but couldn't land the takedown yet. Yeah. And then she finally closes the distance and gets her arms around GDR for the double leg. But then GDR shocked just about every person watching last night. Mm-hmm. Locked in the guillotine as Juliana was going for the takedown. And it was tight. 
Dustin Poirier tweeted last night and said, Gilly City. We know he's a fan <laughs> of the Gilly team. JDR. Pena to sleep. JDR's got that gorilla grip, bro. Yeah. This is a... Julian Pena is known for how good of a grappler she is and how good she is at submissions. Yeah. So for her to get submitted and put to sleep by a Muay Thai world champion striker, hey now. Yeah, I mean, obviously on one hand, like for Pena, that's got to sting a little bit. Yeah. that was JDR's first ever win by submission. And Juliana, could like, had she secures that takedown and just holds some top control, it would have been enough, in my opinion. Yeah. With a minute and a half left in the round to get a takedown like that, she could have won the fight. Yeah. My my takeaway here was as impressive as JDR's win was and as impressive of a performance and a fight that it was overall, uh, Juliana showed me a lot here. Yeah. Um, I I don't uh, I don't know if you remember from Friday, but you know you picked Juliana to win. I picked JDR, but really, even though I picked JDR, my prediction for the fight was not very correct outside of picking the winner. Mm-hmm. I really thought JDR was gonna I don't want to say dominate, but kind of like how Kyler controlled that fight with Elsa. I thought that would be how it would be for JDR, but I did say round one. Yeah, TKO. So obviously. I thought she was going to pretty much start her. Juliana uh, didn't even look necessarily bad on the feet, but Jermaine is just so good. I mean, JDR gave Amanda Nunes yeah. problems. So it's hard team. to look good striking against some, a striker as good as Jermaine. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. Juliana pressured forward and landed some shots as she's And it was definitely, in, she so. was definitely having a hard time trying, or I, I shouldn't say, she knew, I think she knew it was going to be hard to close that distance enough yeah. to secure the takedown. But she really worked for it yeah. and got it in the yeah. second round, and then she was going to get it in the third round before she got yep. caught. Um, Pena showed a lot to me here. It showed me that that inactivity that I was speaking a lot about. She still got it. Uh, she still got it. and Only really, her second loss in the UFC. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about a killer in JDR. Who, and then the, and her only, only other loss is Valentina. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't sleep on Julian Pena. So first off, what is next for JDR here? Because she's in a pretty awkward situation. There's only one fight. There's one fight know, to make. I think I know what it is. For the winners of both women's fights and the losers, it's really easy, in my opinion. You want me to lay it out? Yep. I'll lay it out for you. Because I think we're going to have the same predictions here. It's really simple, and I love when it's simple. Now, I love you know, getting out there and making wild crazy. Oh, this is what the fight should be now, and here's why. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's real simple. Let me lay out the, the steps. Yep. And this is going to lead me into the main event. So, I mean, obviously we have to go over one more fight before the main event. But just know, Holly Holm won, right? So, Jermaine and Holly fought for the inaugural Women's Featherweight Championship. Super controversial Very controversial. Jermaine gets the win via decision. A fight that leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Now, Jermaine's on a win streak at Bantamweight. Holly Holm, on her first win streak since she lost or since she beat Ronda Rousey. Has not had a winning streak. That's crazy. Five years. Yep. Even though she's fighting the best of the best. They're ranked number one and two at Bantamweight. Rematch them, but this time at 135 pounds, winner gets the next title shot. Couldn't agree more. It's easy. And for Juliana, she lost last night. Number six ranked Irene Aldana lost last night. Both lost to one and two, respectively. Mm -hmm. Juliana fights Irene Aldana. I like it. There it is. To me, that's pretty simple. I'll even add another. I do like who you're looking up here. Yeah, Aspen. I, 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 uh, Just I'll, she add, a, I'll add another wrinkle to this. Um, 
if the UFC want to push a title shot for Amanda at 135 after she, let's say she defends, or even if she loses to Megan Anderson, that's at uh, featherweight. Yeah, so she's still going to be the champ regardless. Yeah, here. so we just said JDR and home, that's number one and number two. Pena and Aldana, that's number four and number six. Yep. So the only people in that top six that we don't have booked in there is Aspen Ladd and Raquel Pennington. And they, to my knowledge, have not fought each other. They have not. So, There's the whole top six laid out so for you. So you either book those two against each other or you go ahead and give Aspen Ladd a chance at Amanda Nunes. And here's why. It's really just if they want to keep her active enough because, look, uh, I will say that um, Amanda was tweeting after these women's fights last She's going to be busy next year. Yeah, so obviously she foresees possibly at least one rematch in her future with yep. one of these two women that won on Saturday. But Raquel Pennington, someone she beat up, that was yeah. uh, three years ago, but Raquel has not really earned it. I would like to see Aspen Lyon get one more win before challenging for a belt, considering that she did get TKO'd by JDR in like 16 seconds. Well, what I like is uh, Ketlin Vieira versus Aspen Lab. I, I like that. that, too. I do like that I like well. that. Both coming off wins. Yeah. I just like when a division clearly lays itself out, and you're like, yeah. okay, this is the fight that makes the most mm-hmm. sense. This is the next fight that makes the most sense. For all we said about the staleness of the women's bantamweight action in, in comparison to basically since its inception in, like, 2013... Um, it felt good after what I said would be the worst case scenario for the division and the two women that won, JDR and Holmes, since they've kind of controlled that top echelon for years now. I thought it'd be nice to see some new blood in that title picture. But it still, it doesn't, like, it almost still feels a little better coming off those fights. Like, the division does feel very firmly laid out. Yeah. And that's nice to see. And there are still prospects there. Mm-hmm. That have not had title fights, but they're just, they're one away. They're uh, two I away. I mean, Ketlin you know? Vieira is a good example so, of that. Aspen Ladd, another good example of that. You continue to go down, you got more. But yeah. I'm just saying that's that's a good uh, that's a good layout right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess we'll move on to our co-main event. We're yeah. sandwiched some big boys at heavyweight yeah. between these women's bantamweights. Carlos Felipe getting that unanimous decision over Jorgon DeCastro. I will let you take it away. But I'm just going to uh, give a, a, little, a quick word about this fight. A little weird. Uh, boring. There yeah. was not a winner. We, we said, someone's going to sleep. Yeah. And I remember you go, someone is going to sleep, right? And I was like, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, me watching. Almost went to sleep. That's yeah. what it was. Now, Jorgon DeCastro. These are back-to-back weird, perplexing yeah. performances. Just weird fights, yeah. So, go ahead, take it take it away, give your thoughts. Round one, to me, was just a feeling-out round. Uh, Which is not uncommon. Yeah. It happens. Carlos Felipe controlled the pace, he controlled the octagon, and landed the bigger, better shots. He had a lot of really good leg kicks. Yeah. Um, so, I had him up 1-0. Not a bad round, right? Round two was the best round of the fight, the early half of the Round two, That's anyway. when Felipe had those. Uh, he was doing. Uh, what's the word? I'm blanking. Combinations. He, yes, the combinations. He had a beautiful, right? yeah, beautiful. Forget, when he had he had Jorgon backed up to the cage. right? Oh yeah, heavy hands from both. But Carlos got had the better of the exchanges. He started working to the body 
beautifully in this round too uh, with his combinations. I'm not, his boxing combinations in this round looked crisp. Yeah. Nice and crisp. Those combinations up against Cage, that was yes. beautiful. Continued to land the big leg kicks. Like I said, he worked the body. So he was up 2-0. Therefore, Jorgen has to come out and get a finish. Well, Jorgen comes out in round three and just nothing left in the gas tank. He essentially goes on to lean on Carlos Felipe for the entire third round mm-hmm. against the cage. I shit you not, the ref stepped in and separated them at least eight times. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah, there was a lot of chatter online that the ref was doing too much. Yeah. It seemed like he was stepping in like immediately when the clinch would happen. So there were one time for each fighter. They both got separated because they had their fingers in the fence. He gave them like two or three warnings. They kept them there and he pulled them off. So that, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Usually you don't see it happen that quick, no, but no, I like it. No, no nonsense. nonsense. Yeah. But then, now don't get me wrong, Jorgen wasn't doing anything. He was just leaning on Carlos. But sometimes the ref wouldn't even give it 10 seconds and he'd separate him. Yeah. you got to give him a little time to see if, you know, well, maybe Carlos can flip out or reverse. or. It was obvious like, while watching that Jorgen was just doing Jorgen's it. best chance was to kind of get inside, clinch him up, and try to do some dirty boxing. Because yeah. Felipe was doing a great job yeah. when they were when there was distance, and Jorgen just unfortunately had nothing left to yeah. even Which put I together yeah. strike. I'm just saying that like strategically, yeah. What Jorgen, whether that's what he was actually trying to do, I don't. I'm not as confident about. I think yeah. he was just exhausted. Oh yeah. But again, strategically, that was his best chance to do anything. Yeah. And the, the ref, unfortunately, just it was. It was strange. I'm I'm all for like when nobody's doing anything separating them, but to do it like literally, I think it happened at least eight times. Yeah. That's like it had to have been a record. It was honestly insane. So just give them a little more time before you pull them off. But you know, Jorgen does win the third round. I guess you kind of have to give him the round. Uh, but Felipe did get the unanimous decision. It was a 30-27 on two of the judges' scorecards and a 29-28. Yeah, so really only one person agreed so, with your yeah. sentiment there. Um, um, weird I, fight. Yeah. Look, Felipe I mean, didn't look bad. Once you, once you laid it out, because this was the one fight that I missed last night, so I had to go back and watch it. Or I shouldn't say last night because this is Monday. Yeah. On Saturday night, this is the one fight I missed live, so I had to go back and watch it again, or watch it this Sunday morning. Um, I'm glad you laid it out like that, because this third round really soured the whole fight for me. Yeah. But Felipe did show some things. I don't want to say there wasn't a winner, because Felipe right. clearly won this fight. And he was getting pissed in the third round. Yeah. He he uh, pulled off a little Randy Couture action, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, he, he slapped did. Jorgen right on the ass. He slapped him right on the ass. Yeah, he said, come on. Two taps on the <laughs> ass, ref separates him. Anyway. Yeah, it was The third round really took Basically, that, Jorgen won because Felipe tapped out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it imagine was... had the ref seen that and thought he tapped. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, this is back-to-back perplexing performances for him. Yeah. After looking so good. That before. the first round of the Greg Hardy fight, like he was throwing bombs. Yeah. And then he just stopped. And he just said no more bombs. Yeah. And here he just 
didn't he seem that clearly big. gassed. He gassed, and in a way, he just seemed like he kind of gave up. Yeah, because you got to think, like, yeah, okay, maybe he's winning the round because he's controlling the clinch or whatever, but you're not winning the fight. You're clearly down 2-0. So. I mean, that's especially that second round was yeah. very clear. Yeah, so, I don't know, weird fight. Well, weird third round. The first and second round weren't bad, but the yeah, third round I guess was that's weird. the good. I think the third round was just really bad. Yeah, yeah, it just really soured a lot of it. But you know, Felipe, good win here, good bounce back win for him. Yeah, DeCastro, man, um, not a very inspiring performance. Yeah. I will say. I, I think that he uh, he's in a dangerous territory right now of potentially being cut. Yeah, just because these are I, maybe I'm wrong because I mean he is the co-main on this card he opened up ufc 249 so maybe the ufc see something he'll definitely get another fight and we'll yeah. see what happens I, I just these are back-to-back just weird performances and yeah. uh, if, he, if he has another fight like this then could, you, you could be in a weird spot yeah it might be talking about him being cut here soon but you know what i do like for felipe next though what a tie to ivasa type fight Tied to now Ty's booked, right? Because we talked about yeah, he just came Stephen back. Struve. How about right. uh, how about Andre Arlovsky? Oh God! It I mean, seems if, like the UFC if you loves think he's ready. The UFC loves throwing their prospects up against Arlovsky. If you give the permission, then I will prove because I know Andre's your guy. So you got to sign right. off. You think on. Felipe? Think Felipe sleeps him? I don't think Felipe got it like that. I think Arlovsky, he the pit bull, bro. We'll see. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I don't know. Felipe, you know, he's, uh, what is he now? He's 2-1 and one, or 1-1 one one UFC? Oh, let me look at my notes from uh, I'm pretty sure this was only, I can't, I think he might have lost his debut. I think this was his second fight in the promotion. Yeah, he's 1-1 one and one in the UFC. Yeah. So, but he's 9-1 and one overall. Yeah, so we'll see what he where he goes from here. Don't have too much in mind for him. We'll, he has to really, yeah. he still has to show me something a little more, I think. But with that, we move on to our main event. Big takeaway here. Oh, yes. Holly Holm. Looked as good as ever. Uh, this is her second best performance second of her career. Second best performance of her career outside of the demolition of Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. She gets the dominant unanimous decision win over the surging Irene Aldana. Even a 50-44 scorecard. Yep. Two 50-45s and mm-hmm. a 50-44. So, overall, what were your thoughts on this fight? Holly's pace was incredible. Her engagements. She was doing like four, five, six punch and kick combos. Never got tired. Mm-hmm. She's always been known for her cardio, though. I mean, she's been in a lot of wars, a lot of five-round fights, and she never gets tired. Mm-hmm. Irene was feeling her out. I felt in the first round and waiting to counter. Little did I know she would continue to fight that way for the next four rounds. Um... So Holly got a late clinch control and takedown in the first round. <clears throat> Holly had a takedown and I believe, every single round. And fun fact, coming in the last night, Holly's personal record for significant strikes landed was 77. Last night, she landed 120-plus and became the third women's fighter in UFC history to land at least 100 significant strikes and five takedowns in a fight. 38 years old. That's active. Yeah. 38 years old. <laughs> That's someone doing a marathon for 25 years. I minutes. would love to have put a little Fitbit on Holly Holm last night and see how many miles she covered. Because she was moving. 
around that octagon. In and out. Looks so quick, so crisp. <laughs> I literally, like, all my notes here, out after round two, Holly looks amazing. More of the same. Holly's body kicks are damaging. Um, damn, Holly looked amazing in round five. Dominated round five. Yeah, the end of round five, Almost by the way. Almost finished round five. She, she was like a shark she that smelled blood. She was going for it, dude. I've never Irene seen that. Her. I've Irene never seen her. that from Holly. Sure, the round to Rousey performance is always going to be. She looked like she was in there to prove a point last night. Outside of that Rousey fight and even her title loss to Misha Tate, which was a great fight, I will say Holly's never really been the most exciting fighter to watch. Is that controversial to say? Uh, it depends on who you ask. She's always had a very point fight style. That boxing uh, background serving her very well. Well, somewhat well. Her record in the UFC is not perfect. But in her wins, it has served her very well to point fight. This was not that. This she was, was going for the this, was, this, this fight showed me there's levels. Yeah, yeah. Aldana... You know, I, I don't want to talk too bad about her, but she had no answer, no adjustments, no adjustments. Were made. Um, that, the same. This, and we're not saying anything that hasn't really been said already, because I mean, no, the talk online was very much what we're saying. Holly looked amazing, but also Aldana kind of played to Holly's strengths. Yeah, she never did anything after round one, after round two, after round three. Because Irene just really, she, she just refused to cut off the cage. She kept just charging straight at. Holly. And then it would circle the same way the entire fight. Never tried to cut off Holly's uh, strong hand. Because Holly was moving yeah. a lot, so you would want to try to cut her off, but it just never happened. She yeah. never adjusted. And Holly looked incredible because of it. Yeah, she, but you have to wonder if... To me, that's that wasn't a very inspiring performance for uh, Aldana's fight IQ, I'll say that. No. Um, it just didn't... I don't know. There was something off... In my I just, mind. They didn't have the answers. Yeah. I mean, look, Holly's great. Holly's she, that good. Holly's corner is one of the best there is. Yeah. Obviously, over there with Jackson Wink. Yeah, John Jones. She's been training with uh, them for 22 years. Yeah, that's crazy. 16 years old, she walked into that gym and won world titles in boxing. She was a gold glove champ, yeah. I believe, in boxing. And now she's 38, looking like she's a fight away from getting another title fight in the UFC. Yeah. And I know everybody's everybody... Uh, you know, and I've even done my fair share where we complain about the Holly Holm title shots that happen a lot. She does what but she this has one, to do to get if them. If she were to win against JDR in a rematch, or even if she beat someone like Aspen Ladd or yeah. Ketlin Vieira or whoever, I mean, she kind of earned it. Yeah. Especially this one. It would like be I, a three-fight win streak. Like, and... you know, the first title shot against Amanda Nunes, you could argue if that was really deserved. Uh, the title fight with JDR... Title fight with Cyborg, like what they really deserved, but this one, like if she were to win one more, no doubt in my. This I mean, is, even honestly, even if she got a title shot off of this, I would still be like, I mean, that was an incredible performance. Yeah, she looked. Unreal. It's hard to it's hard to deny her. Yeah, she still got it. And we yeah. already did our matchmaking. I mean, yeah, I mean, home versus JDR two is kind of the fight to and make. It has to be at bantamweight. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't mind pounds. seeing uh, home versus Aspen Ladd, or like I said, home versus Ketlin Vieira. Um, but the fight with JDR would make a lot of sense, and I feel like both women would want to run that back because mm-hmm. that fight is just it leaves a sour taste yeah. in your mouth, you know. Yeah. And then for Aldana, um, 
I think a fight with Juliana Pena makes a lot of sense. Yeah, again, but both were on a had a win going into last night. Lost to number one and number two respectively. Number four and number six in the division. They're not going to move up or down. It makes sense. Yeah. But we'll see. And that's uh, that's hashtag UFC Fight Island four. Holly Holm performance of the night. Oh, agreed. I mean, usually okay. So the UFC will give out performance of the night bonuses as well as a fight of the night bonus um, after their cards, pay per views, fight nights, whatever. Um, normally, you won't see someone in a main event or in a co- even like on fight nights, mostly main event. But like on pay per views, like usually those performance of the night bonuses are for the small the fighters lower on the card. Uh, so it's always a it's always saying something when someone in a main event gets a performance of the night bonus. Cause Holly got it. Did she? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Performance of the night bonus for Holly Holm. Much well, deserved. Well deserved. But that's UFC Fight Island four, and we are on to UFC Fight Island five. <laughs> yep. Uh, so as for the rest of the week. Wednesday, special video time. This one's a little extra special. When aren't they? <laughs> when aren't it's they? It's the best day of the week. It's yeah. hump day. Exactly. And um, we're going to be doing, basically, we're each going to give a fight for every division yeah. that excites us the most. Yeah, just one fight. So mm-hmm. it's not like Versus where we make a dream pay-per-view for yeah. It's not like the uh, Who's Next where we match make for the entire top 15. Right. We're doing... One fight could be a championship fight. Could just be a fight that we think would be great. Agreed. It could be a number of eleven versus number thirteen. Yeah, but it could can. be a fight that we think would put on a show. Styles make fights. Yep. So we're just gonna give each of our thoughts on. So we each have our own fight, yeah. obviously. So. So we each just for every division give a fight that we think is the one that excites us the most. Again, this will be more so if they have a fight booked. We're not looking into that but mm-hmm. we're taking their current status kind of thing yeah. kind of like how we do with our series so. yeah as and honestly like if there's any other special video ideas that you guys would like us to do uh send them our way um it would be nice as we keep going obviously our list that we have is going to get a little <laughs> scar sparse our list is getting shorter so yeah. we got to keep brainstorming yeah, so and keep... then anything you guys want to hear us talk about that we haven't already talked <laughs> about or a topic that you even want us to revisit yeah what's sure. up Yep. Um, but Dom, tell the people... Oh, Friday as well, sorry. Uh, Friday, we will be previewing hashtag UFC Fight Island 5, a this huge week. fight at Bantamweight. Yes. This is a good, really good fight yeah. night card Yep, as a whole. Uh, Marlon Marais, the magic man. Yeah. He's back going up against Corey Sanhagen. Yes. Big fight, big implications yep. in this one. Um, so we'll be breaking that card down, the whole main card on Friday. Edson Barboza's back. Ben Rothwell's back. Yeah. Woo! It's, 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 it's definitely, a good one. It's definitely a step up in terms of name value. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we'll do that on Friday. So, Dom, tell the people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dcelee14. <clears throat> and you can find our podcast on Instagram at joes underscore podcast and you can find our podcast anywhere <laughs> and if you go to my bio on instagram or twitter at ntbaker underscore you will be taken to our link tree where you will find links to every platform we are on the big ones obviously 
and social medias. So Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor, YouTube, Instagram, it's all on there. Uh, so go check out those links. Um, if you go to our Anchor page, there are a lot more platforms we're on that are just not as well known. Mm -hmm. So if you want to listen to us on one of those, go there. Go to Anchor page. You'll have a full list there. Um, but yeah, again, that's at NTBaker underscore, and you can find that in the bio. But with that, we're out, and we're going to see y'all on...